It's your Kali. What's up? Warning. 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 You are about to listen to facts, stories, interviews, gossip, and much more fascinating things that will be so stunning, there's a possibility that your mind will blow. This show will start five, four, three, two, one. Hey guys, what's up? You're listening to WLPN LP Chicago 105.5 FN Lumpin Radio, broadcasting live from Studio Y, Yolokali in Little Village. I'm Camila. And I am Nine. And this is the Eggplants and Peaches Show. (laughs) (laughs) So basically what we're going to be talking about today is, well... Just crushes, we're going to be talking about sex, you know, all that fun stuff. Yeah, we're also going to be covering some of, like, the parent aspect of these talks. So that's really interesting. Very interesting, yeah. And we're also going to be interviewing Planned Parenthood. So, yeah, big thanks to them for coming out today. So we're going to play Location by Khaled. Enjoy. Send me your location, let's focus on communicating Cause I just need the time and place to come through Send me your location, let's ride the vibrations I don't need nothing else but you At times I wonder why I fool with you But this is new to me, this is new to you what makes a crush a crush? What makes a crush a crush is a deep connection. If your crush gave you something, what would you like it to be? What I would like my crush to give me food, that'd be nice. Also, emotional support. Have you ever had a crush that has been already taken? I think so. I can't remember. Have you been the crush of somebody? Yes, I have. It was bad because like I didn't feel the same way, and I had to like Man. let them down easy. Man. I'm sorry. What makes a crush a crush? In my opinion, I feel that a crush would be like someone that you deeply think, like I want to be with this person for as long as I can. Until it like, you know, stops working. If your crush gave you something, what would you like it to be? Like something simple. It doesn't have to be like complex, like, oh, you know, I'm trying to figure out what to do. Or, you, do you like this? <laughs> like, no. Like something simple, like a box of chocolate. Dude. Like a little gift card to something, like, you know. Take a chill. Yeah. Have you ever had a crush that has already been taken? Kind of. I, I wouldn't say so, but yeah. I think it was back when, like, back in freshman year, I was like, you know, oh, love is in the air, <laughs> you know, that kind of stuff. So I'm over here trying to, like, see who's, like, free. And one of the crushes I had, she was, like, nice, just pretty and all that. But she was taken, and I was over here, like, kind of heartbroken. But I was like, you know, there's plenty of other people out there that I can meet. Have you 
been the crush of someone? To me, um, no, I don't think so. Like, who wants a person as lazy as me? Nah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just, but honestly, if I know anyone liked me and I didn't know it, like, that would be nice, like, you know, talking to them and then, like, they're like, I had a crush on you. And I'm like, what makes a crush a crush? The way they make your heart or your chest feel overwhelmed in a way. It leaves you craving for more. Just play them being like... If your crush gave you something, what would you like it to be? Their time. <laughs> their time? That's all right. Their time. Yeah. Have you ever had a crush that has been already taken? I mean... Okay, so I had a crush on someone and supposedly it was mutual, but neither was made a move and then we all went separate ways. Ah, uh, okay. Have you been the crush of someone? I don't know. <laughs> like, not sure. Who are we to tell you? What makes a crush a crush? Um. Okay. So when I pick a crush, because I guess you pick a crush, right? I don't. I don't believe that. Like, oh, you meet someone, and then you know that's your crush, or like your soulmate, or whatever. I pick my crush based on how they carry themselves. So like if they carry themselves in a way that I feel like they're going to be too needy upon me or I stay away. But if they carry themselves like independent, that's someone that automatically attracts me and that I get to know them a little more. And then I decide if I have a crush on them. If your crush gave you something, what would you like it to be? Something for sure that my crush made himself with like his own hands, like a drawing or like a bracelet. Like craft. Just yeah, like, like a yeah. craft that he, that he or she designed. Because um, I think that's like the best type of gift, right? Like when I give gifts, I give him, I give my craft because I invested my energy in that rather than just going to the store and mm -hmm. buying a gift. Have you ever had a crush that has already been taken? Yes, I have. So I dealt with that from admiring from afar. So like they, he had a commitment with someone else. So I just admired from afar, you know, and then it eventually kind of went away. I call them celebrity crushes because oh, okay. I like them, but I know it can't happen. Have you been the crush of someone? I think so. I don't know if they lied to me, but yes. What makes a crush a crush? What makes a crush a crush is like when you like them and like more than friends. Even like, you know that feeling when you know you're friends with someone and you're like, maybe it's a little bit more than that where it's like, wow, like your heart hurts a little bit. It's hard to breathe around them. Your stomach feels weird. Kind of feels like a sickness. So that's what it is, I think. If your crush gave you something, what would you like it to be? Colored pencils. Just colored like, pencils. Colored pencils, that way they can color my world. Have you ever had a crush that has been already taken? Yes. Yes, I have. Just this one person that I like right now. They were taken oh. and now they broke up and now I don't know how to feel. Dang. Like, maybe I should go for my chance, but I'm like, nah. I should be their best friend first. Have you been the crush of somebody? I wouldn't know that. No, I don't think I have been. I'm too weird to have to someone have a crush on me. What makes a crush a crush? I kind of see a crush as something like an infatuation. You know, a short-lived thing that kind of happens out of nowhere and is usually just appearance-based. Alright, if your crush gave you something, what would you like it to be? Their love. <laughs> have you ever had a crush that has been already taken? Oh yeah, yeah. Who hasn't, right? Have you been the crush of someone? I've been told by their friends, but how true that is, I don't know.
that was an audio piece by Antonio Saucedo, which is a who is a new addition to you know the WhatsApp family and yeah crushes. Those were some interesting answers. <laughs> Those were very relatable, very relatable. <laughs> yeah, totally. I don't agree that um, crushes are all about appearances, though. I definitely disagree with that. I could agree with that, yeah, that they're not just based on looks. Yeah. So what makes a crush a crush? <laughs> well. Well. I think, like, it's a component of a lot of different things. But, like, I feel like um sometimes we don't focus on everything we just focus on like oh they're cool and they are attractive <laughs> <laughs> for sure i think what makes a crush a crush is probably just like like i said in the audio piece a deep connection you know because when you like someone it's because of something they do or something that you know you're you're infatuated with something that you find attractive and attractive could be couldn't always can't always be like look wise but it could be personality wise like oh i love their sense of humor or oh i love how they how they make me feel happy all of a sudden you know yeah i can totally agree with that i i think it's about like how they carry themselves you know like sure i agree with that yeah you can sort of like see if you match that or if like if you don't match it like you know would you like to get involved with um that certain vibe and um yeah, I think that, like, everyone um, can bring something different to the table. So, like, mm-hmm. b- um, what I mean by that is, like, you don't necessarily, like, always have crushes on people that like the same things that you do, which is, like, something that makes the connection, like, deeper. Yeah. Opposites attract. Opposites <laughs> attract. Yeah, totally. Like, I feel like there's, like, two types of crushes. There's, like, you know, the celebrity crush, like, the like the person in the audio piece that put it, me. you know, somebody <laughs> that like you find very attractive, but like you know you probably can't have because maybe they're committed to someone, or maybe because you know you're too shy. And then there's like the crush that you actually get to know and you talk to and you develop feelings for, you know, later on. Yeah, I can agree with that. I mentioned that part in the audio piece, um, because I mentioned that because. <laughs> I used to like have this really big crush on one of my teachers. Oh. <laughs> so I knew that was like weird, but I was just kind of like, oh, it's kind of like a famous person. Like, I don't even know what is my crush with the teacher. I think he's just attractive, if anything. <laughs> but that's how that started. And then I started like um getting into like um other like artists and stuff. And I started getting like al- into their lives and oh, God. <laughs> like their instagrams and stuff like that so i was like oh yeah this is about as close as i'm gonna get (laughs) (laughs) i think with me like the celebrity crush type is probably like upperclassmen because since i'm a freshman you know i find some upperclassmen attractive and i'm just like yeah but that's not gonna happen (laughs) you know just admire from afar you know yeah i feel like i can relate to that too because like um i guess the maturity is a little bit more attractive yeah (laughs) totally maturity yeah so what do you think about like dating at a young age dating at a young age i feel like dating at a young age is probably you know they say that to enjoy you know love like puppy love as some call it or just enjoy like 
love when you're young because like when you're older like you know that's all gonna change you know just enjoy your youth and everything and i feel like that's agreeable i mean you never know you might marry your high school boyfriend or something i don't know that is so true i agree um but like what about the aspect where like parents um restrict us and like why they restrict us like um we have here also mary with us hi mary hello mary hello Sorry, i'm over here coming out of the shadows sorry <laughs> <laughs> honestly and stuff like that wait hold up what was the question sorry oh yeah i was just introducing about like dating and parents and about um parents communicating oh yeah definitely uh you know how like when you talk to like your parents and stuff like that like about crushes or like relationships you kind of feel like it's awkward like that's the thing you know it's, an, it's awkward yeah, I could agree with that. It is kind of awkward when you talk. Well, for me, personally, my mom and I have, like, this very deep, like, mother-daughter kind of relationship. So I usually tell her everything. And, you know, she gives her opinion on the guy and whatever. But she knows, like, that's probably not going to happen, which is kind of mean. But, you know. No, like, like, that's your crush. And then you're just like, yeah, you can't date. Like, for me, it's kind of like that. Like, I just can't date. Like, you can't date until you're married. I'm like, what? 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 Date till you're... Till yeah. You're... Like, I kind of feel like, oh, like, with me and my mom, it's not really, like, the uh, relationship that you have. I kind of feel like she tells me not to date, but she didn't really tell me why. And she's like, you're too young and stuff like that. But I kind of find it a little bit funny because, like, she was 17 when she got married. And I'm 16. So, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. so like like you don't date don't get married like get married and then date i'm like i'm so confused like i i don't know i kind of feel like with her i kind of feel like if i do date i'll she'll think that i'll end up like her like a single mother with two daughters you know like i kind of want that like elderly wisdom and stuff like that like how to get into a relationship how to keep one how to have a healthy one instead of telling me not to date and stuff like that, and like rushes, yeah, here now and stuff like that. But she, I kind of feel like she doesn't really understand that, you know, maybe it's something deeper than just a celebrity crush, like you guys were talking about earlier. And yeah, stuff like I, that. Like, it's I like totally something agree. And I feel like sometimes um, parents tend to like, you know, kind of put um, their experiences onto us when it comes to like, you know, crushes and everything because they just want us to be safe and everything. But uh, with me and my mom, it's mostly like, you know, I tell her how I feel about something and, you know, she gives me advice on it. She tells, she doesn't really restrict me. She just wants me to, like, be more cautious about, you know, the people that I choose to, like, you know, invest time with rather than, you know, restricting me from actually, like, dating someone. Yeah. For me, it's just, like, it's all, it's, like, just dating in general. Like, because, like, she's a little bit stricter, you know? Like, you have those regular parents, but she's a little bit on the stricter side. You got to be bound by this. You can't back talk to me and stuff like that. A little bit, a lot more stricter. So, yeah, I, I can't really talk to her about these things. Like, that's why I've had, like, secret little relationships and stuff like that. And I feel like that wasn't really fair to the person because they're like, hey, I want to meet your mom. And I'm just like, I don't think my, my mom doesn't even know that I'm dating you. You know, like, I kind of feel like I have all these secret relationships, and I don't think that's really healthy between me and her, that I'm, like, just doing this behind her back, and then, like, I'm not able to talk to her about it, you know? Yeah, I get you. Anything you want to add? Yeah, I think, um, I I think it's important to have a bond with, a, like, our parents, at least one of them, you know? Yeah. Like how, um, Camila, you mentioned you have a, a good bond with your mom, and compared, like, Mary, you mentioned that you feel like 
um you guys don't really understand each other yeah. while you guys are communicating your values mm-hmm. um i feel like for me it, it's sort of a, a balance of both like i have really good communication with my dad but he also kind of like thinks i know better so he kind of trusts me and i appreciate that but like i'm also young and like i want him to understand that like even though i carry myself in a way where like i might seem like i don't need him that much like i do need some advice like here and there you know and also that brings me to share some of um some tips that parents can um think about while maybe giving their teens or their kids the talk according to the american academy of pediatrics um some of the things they they highlighted were sharing your values how we mentioned you know because i feel like um now in our generations as we keep evolving our values and our cultures are changing um and they're different from like our parents or our elders so that's why i feel like their concerns are like kind of not weird for us but like it's like are you worried about that we're not worried about that you know um also to be open mind and honest which is how we were mentioning right now um about like that openness and i think that comes in hand a lot because you're like as youth you know we don't have to feel like we have to hide from our parents because we're wrong like it's more like hey I, i was wrong like how could i fix this you know yeah for sure for sure yeah um and lastly to build trust and don't make assumptions i think those are really important Mm -hmm. um to not assume that your kid or um the youth around you are are doing something just because they're curious about it um yeah i feel like parents do tend to like you know kind of overreact when it comes to like the talk to like "Mm, well i don't know if they're ready yet like it's not about like whether we're ready it's whether if you're ready yeah tell us you know yeah most definitely and and considering like what is being ready i feel like that that kind of goes into like understanding how we human beings work you know um mm-hmm. understanding what are our needs and what are our necessities like learning the difference between that so we don't feel like oh well why do i feel like this why do i feel like i like someone like what do i do about yeah. it you know and people like it's surprising like once you go into like a pe health class and how many kids are very uneducated in the topic because their parents haven't really went much in depth about um you know the talk and i feel like it's something important that parents need to you know teach a child at a at a certain age because there's no like right time to do it like you have to do it you know it's it all starts with like a talk with a parent and a lot of problems can be resolved with just talking you know mm-hmm. yeah and a good way to like initiate the talk could also be like um referencing back to like current events around you like if there's something going on in the family where like maybe someone is pregnant or someone is going through a divorce like those are the times to talk about like why some of those things happen you know yeah for sure well we're gonna play again by noah cyrus one of my favorite songs and we'll be back and don't forget that you are listening to wlpn lp chicago 105.5 fm lumpen radio broadcasting live from studio y yolkali in little village you just made the worst mistake
Hey, what's up, guys? You are listening to WLPN LP Chicago 105.5 FM Lumpen Radio, broadcasting live from Suriwa, Yolkali, and Little Village. And this is the Eggplants and Peaches show. So, right today we have the Plant Parenthood with me today. I have Sydney and Dion. Would you like to introduce yourselves? Hello, I'm Sydney. I am Dion. Thanks for having us. No problem. And right now we're just going to be, you know, asking them a few questions about what is Planned Parenthood, what's their mission, and, you know, just talk about STDs, STIs, you know, all that fun stuff, you know. So you guys are ready? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So first question is, what is Planned Parenthood's mission and purpose for the public? Well, Planned Parenthood has 17 health centers in our state and seven in Chicago. We provide different sexual health services like STI testing, birth control, um, STI treatment, pap smears, um, birth control testing, options counseling, vaccines. We have a large amount of things that we do. But as far as our mission, we have three components of our mission. The first one is to provide non-judgmental, affordable health care, to provide comprehensive sexual health education and to provide advocacy, so making sure that all those laws that we have um, in order to be able to provide that education and provide that health care are, you know, in our state and in our country, that those are all, you know, that we're passing those laws. Nice, Mm -hmm. nice. Can you tell us about My Body, My Story movement and the meaning behind it? Yeah, of course. Um, My Body, My Story is a youth-led campaign that just started this year. Well, in December, I think we launched and it's completely youth-led. It's from teens from from Chicago, the suburbs, um, and we're really just working to create a space to that youth can share their stories. Mm-hmm. And and we do that through social media. We go to um, events around Chicago and even outside of Chicago. We do a lot of tabling, and we're just looking to hear stories from youth. Um, that are our age, you know, younger, yeah. older, from 13 to 19, mm-hmm. and just learn about their stories and uh, spread more information about sexual health and reproductive rights and birth control. Nice. That's awesome. And um, how impactful and helpful has Planned Parenthood been for teens? And will anyone who needs the services provided? Well, our state is really lucky because in our state we have a law that if you're 12 or older you can get services on your own you can get birth control on your own you can get sdi testing and treatment mm-hmm. all of it on your own so um really lucky and we're also really lucky because all of our planned parenthoods have a sliding scale so if someone doesn't have the medical card does or someone doesn't have insurance or maybe someone just doesn't want to use insurance because mm-hmm. they may not want their parent or guardian to find out that they're on birth control. Um, yeah. They can come in and do the sliding scale, and our sliding scale starts at $0 and goes up the full cost. Mm-hmm. And um, young people are more likely to be towards that $0 mm-hmm. side. That's great. That's honestly very, very, very great for the youth. And when and why did you join the program? Like how the stories that you've collected have empowered you? Um, I joined the Youth Advisory Board last year, so Mm -hmm. we formed first and then we came together to talk about ideas for My Body, My Story. Back then it was just in a campaign that we wanted to start and then we came up with the name and all the materials to go along with it. Mm -hmm. And I think I just thought it was such an amazing new kind of campaign. It's completely youth-led and it's, you know, backed by an organization that has 
changed so many lives of so many people, not just women. Um, so I thought it would be just really great to be involved in that and even take my experiences from living in Pilsen and see how I can form this to include um, children from low-income communities like mine. Great. And talking about teens, how important is it for teens and youth to learn more about sexual education? Is there a message or a concern that would be told to teens to raise awareness on? I think it's very important that we understand our rights for our bodies and the choices that we are able to make um, and that we're educated on just how to take care of ourselves and not just, you know, um, going to the doctor and be like, oh, what's wrong? You know, Mm -hmm. making sure that you're staying healthy, even if you don't have sex, um, not birth control is not used just because you're um, sexually active. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think it's very important for people to just know their options and know um, what they should do if they were sexually active or um, even if they sh- need birth control for something else that they want to regulate like their acne or anything so it would be really just great to um, stay informed Yeah, and to just jump in um, thinking back about the conversation you just had about crushes where mm-hmm. some youth feel very comfortable talking to you know their mm-hmm. adult figures in their life and some people mm-hmm. don't have someone that they mm-hmm. can have that conversation with and so we want to be able to you know provide that person for them yeah, to be totally. able to come in and talk to and make sure that they are having all the resources to make those decisions that are mm-hmm. right for their body that's great that's great and going into you know stds in recent years the acronym std standing for sexually transmitted diseases had a transition mainly in the medical community to sti sexual transmitted infections something the youth may not fully understand or know about could you explain to our audience why this change occurred and what it means for people who may face sexually transmitted infections today So right now, you might often see us use both of them. Um, So we have Mm -hmm. an STI testing program, CHAT, Chicago Healthy Adolescents and Teens. And um, they go into over 40 different schools and a ton of different community groups. And one of the first things they do is tell people that STD and STI, they're actually the same thing. Um, The reason why we switched over to saying infection instead of disease is because it's just more medically accurate. Um, Things that people get tend to be infections. They're not actually diseases. But also, when you hear the word disease, you often just think that it's there's no cure, you think it's hopeless, mm-hmm. you think it's this horrible thing that makes you a horrible person, and we wanna get yeah. away from that stigma, and we want mm-hmm. to make sure that people know that there's always treatment. Whether or not you can get rid of it, it's always either treatable or curable, but there's always something that you can take to help your body deal with it. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I remember in my health class, we were you know, talking about you know STDs, and. Um, one of the Planned Parenthood um, advisors at our school was just telling us, you know, like why STI is more accurate, you know, the difference between the both of them, like what it actually means. And I feel like that's very great that, you know, we have somebody to tell us, you know, the differences so we don't make those common mistakes. Because like one common mistake can like, you know, blow over very easily. Absolutely. Yeah. And besides condoms and... You know, besides condoms, what are other methods of contraception that we can inform the youth about? Um, so one would be the IUD, which um, we are kind of like focusing a lot on in the campaign. And the IUD lasts um, five, I think. There's well, there's, different types. Yeah, there's of different IUDs, types of yeah. IUDs, and they last like a couple of years. So that means mm-hmm. you just ins- like have them inserted. You go to a doctor. Um, 
and it will just place them and you won't have to worry about it. So it's not like a pill, like the pill um, that you have to take every single day. Mm -hmm. It's just stays there for a couple of years and then you get it taken out and you can renew it like you get a new one or you can you know switch depends but that's one that you know it's it can depend again like Dion said on the sliding scale how much it is but it's one that I was actually thinking about getting because I'm gonna go away for college and you know it can get very difficult trying to remember trying to stay on a schedule with the pill so I was thinking that the ID might be a better um route for me or even the implant which is inserted into the arm Mm -hmm. um there's also um well of course like the condom but yeah the implant the shot there's also the shot um Mm -hmm. and yeah there's a couple there's a lot of options that you don't really know about and the iud was one that i was thinking about and the the iud is so great because Mm -hmm because there are so many different ones yeah. there are some that last three years five mm-hmm. years six mm-hmm. years there's one that lasts 12 years mm-hmm. wow. yeah. so i mean you could literally get one and you would be good until the end of college yeah. so i mean people are making really good decisions about what type of birth control do i want how long do i want it to last for me mm-hmm. and you know maybe three years down the road you don't want the iud mm-hmm. anymore that's yeah. fine. You can have it taken out at any point. Even if it lasts for 12 years, you don't have to have it in your body for mm-hmm. that entire 12 years. That's great. Yeah. That's great to know, actually. I actually yeah. didn't know that. <laughs> you know, the more you know. If an, if an unplanned teen pregnancy occurs, what are the first steps to take if a girl chooses not to have an abortion? What resources are provided and how can they access them? Well, a lot of people don't know that people just come into our health centers all the time and say, I just had a positive pregnancy test. I'm just here to just hear about my options. Mm -hmm. And so we just bring them into a private room and we talk to them about all the options that they are interested in hearing about. So Mm -hmm. if someone wasn't interested in in termination, then of course we would talk to them about continuing the pregnancy and getting prenatal care. And we would give them some information on how to get prenatal care. Mm -hmm. Um, Or we also have an adoption agency that we work with called The Cradle who's an amazing agency. And if that's something that they're interested in, a lot of times we'll just call it the cradle right then and just um, connect them. That's great, that's great. And going more into Planned Parenthood, um, Planned Parenthood's website states that the rate of teenage pregnancy in the United States has declined to its lowest level in decades. Between 1990 and 2008, it increased decreased from 117 pregnancies per 1,000 women ages 15 to 19 to 67.8 per 1,000, a drop at 42% cost and Kenshaw 2012. What do you have to say about this? Do you think that the majority of the youth are becoming more informed about sex ed as well? Perhaps an interest has sparked in them about knowing how to protect themselves? Well, a couple of things that people don't know is one that Planned Parenthood is the number one provider of sexual health um, education in our country. And two, we've actually been in the high school since the 60s. -hmm. What we saw in the 80s was a very big change in how we approach sexual health and are a lot more um, um, school systems that were providing comprehensive sexual health education um, that were helping young people get access to things like birth control, condoms. so suddenly in the 90s, we see that that decrease that has has slowly been going down since. Um, unfortunately, in Chicago, though, we do have rates that are higher than the national average. Mm-hmm. But even here, we are seeing a decrease, um, even if it's not me- meeting, 
you know, <laughs> what is happening yeah. nationally, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Anything you want to add? Um, I just think that with campaigns, kind of like My Body, My Story and um, Planned Parenthood going into high schools has really been beneficial to mm-hmm. adding to this uh, drop in uh, this drop in rate of uh, teen pregnancies. And I know people that have really benefited from the chat program that have gone into high schools too. Yeah. Um, I've benefited from just being in YAB and, you know, learning f- my different options. Um, so I think, yeah, Planned Parenthood has really done a great job in helping teens learn about yeah, their options. for sure. Congrats. You know. yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. And all of our programs have started collaborating, mm-hmm. which is really amazing. So yeah. CHAT might be in a school doing free testing. Mm-hmm. And so you might get a free test with that program during your gym class. But then at lunch, yeah. you might see tabling for yeah, my for body <laughs> and my story. <laughs> but yeah, for sure. I've definitely, the Planned Parenthood counselors at my school are very helpful, mm-hmm. you know, he came in, you know, Lou, Lou, if if you're listening, uh, you know, thumbs up to you. <laughs> but like he's he definitely kind of like informed us about, you know, our options if we ever have a pregnancy. Mm-hmm. And he went more in depth about STDs and STIs. And, you know, it really helped a lot of us because you'd be surprised about how many kids are very uneducated yeah. when it comes to like sexual education and just having like some type of resource to, you know, mm-hmm. guide us through something like that is amazing. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's very important. Um, Getting more into relationships, how can an adolescent determine they are in a toxic relationship? What if there's no physical abuse involved? How can a teenager tell they're they're being verbally abused? How could they and their parents handle a situation? I think a lot of the first signs of unhealthy relationships are name calling and put downs, Mm -hmm. trying to make you feel bad about yourself, calling Mm -hmm. you stupid, even if it's in a joking way. If it's repeated over and over again, then it's starting to get to you, right? Um, I think isolation is a way that people often um, begin abuse because they they want you to not have someone to talk to about them if they're being abusive to you. So they might say, you know, I don't like you talking to this friend or Mm -hmm. I don't like it when you talk to this family member. And then slowly your support system like dwindles down to this Mm -hmm. one person and you don't have someone else that can like that can support you with that. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. I feel like people very um, misjudge when it comes to like, you know, a toxic, you know, relationship. They usually think of like, you know, signs of somebody hitting someone. Mm -hmm. But, you know, a toxic relationship can consist of, you know, like you said, name calling Mm -hmm. or putting each other down. And I feel like it's very important for some youth to really learn, you know, what's okay in a relationship Mm -hmm. and what's not okay in a relationship. Yeah, toxic relationships aren't always physical and they can sometimes even be hard to spot even um, among friends. Uh, There's always signs, like if your friend is, you know, deciding to not go out with you because Mm -hmm. their significant others said that they have to do this or anything. Yeah. Um, In my school, a lot of that could be fueled by social media and just like, oh, you liked their picture. Uh, Why are you like, you know, following them or anything? It's very, very uh, common to hear that. But yeah, definitely there's, 
different types of toxic relationships that you know aren't always visible i feel like people very like confuse um you know an overprotective boyfriend with like a good boyfriend you mm-hmm. get me like oh i love it when my boyfriend gets jealous but it's like Mm-mm. do you really yeah. though <laughs> like, yeah. i don't know or i'm just checking someone's phone just to make mm-hmm. sure it's not that i don't trust them yeah. i just want to check in um, I mean, if you're checking someone's phone, then clearly there's mistrust there, right? right? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, totally. I recently performed a Mikava challenge on a public speech about sexual assault on women. Several girls later on came up to me, and a question they all had to ask was, what could be done when someone you know is sexually assaulted but refused to report the happening to the police or seek medical attention? What can be done in a case like this? What advice can we give the affected person? The first thing I would say is tell them that you believe them. So many people experience sexual assault and they're so afraid to tell someone else because they're afraid they're gonna get blamed for it or they're gonna they're afraid that no one's gonna believe them. So the first thing to do is just say, I believe you, I believe that this happened to you. I wanna support you. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people choose not to report it to the police mm-hmm. or to go to the emergency room because um, they feel like if they have to go through the justice system that they're going to be victimized all over mm-hmm. again. Mm-hmm. So I think it's important to also support their decision on whether or not they're going to do that. If they want to go to the police, then support them and say, I'll be there with you. I know this is going to be a hard fight. Mm-hmm. But if they don't want to go to the police, then validate that and say, mm-hmm. I understand why you wouldn't want to go through that. I understand why um, you wouldn't have to want to have to tell your story repeatedly mm-hmm. to a bunch mm-hmm. of police officers that might not believe you too. Um, just support them and defend them because eventually it's going to get out and people are going to start blaming them because people love to victim blame. Um, So be there for them and defend them. Yeah, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's something that we should really talk about because I know for a fact that many like rape victims or like sexually assaulted victims haven't it takes them a very long time for them to actually come out Mm -hmm. and you know say you know this happened to me because you know it takes them a very long time to open up to someone and knowing that you know we have some type of community that we can go to and you know really talk about this and you know resolve this problem and how can we solution this is a very very important and that's very amazing that you guys Mm -hmm. are doing this absolutely we actually um are we have um university groups generation action um that represent planned parenthood and do different advocacy work um, and they, our UIC campus just did a Take Back the Night event, which is a um, protest against sexual violence. And they had um, a t-shirt line that um, it's, it's, a, um, it's this program that's been going on for decades and you can decorate mm-hmm. a t-shirt with um, just something from your own story. And one of them said, nobody asked my rapist what he was wearing. Mm, yeah and that's so important because Mm -hmm. when someone comes forward and says something about sexual assault first thing we think of is what were they wearing Mm -hmm. yeah did they have any alcohol were they out late were they somewhere they shouldn't be but no one asks why the rapist did this or what he was wearing or if he had drinks things Mm -hmm. like that i feel like you know educating young boys into like how to treat girls is very important because i feel like we live in a society where they always blame on what the girl is wearing Mm -hmm. but we also have to keep in mind that many sexual assault cases happen to girls who are at a very young age we're talking about like seven year olds being sexually assaulted Mm -hmm. 
you know and they don't even know what sex is and they don't know what's going on and i feel like we do tend to like ignore the fact that sexual assault can happen in different age groups mm-hmm. and i think um what you said about teaching boys i think we also mm-hmm. kind of need to break that idea of boys will be boys because yeah, that just definitely. is creating um an excuse and um like just saying like oh well you know that's how he is or like that's how they are mm-hmm. and it just it's harder when you grow up with that and especially with boys now they're just thinking that it's okay that they'll probably get away with it and that mentality just builds yeah and i think that we just have to normalize talking about consent Mm -hmm, i think that people um think if you're in this romantic situation and something's Mm -hmm. going to happen if you bring up consent then it's going to ruin the mood um and it's not going to ruin the mood it's actually going to make the mood better because Mm -hmm. that person knows that Mm -hmm. you respect them definitely well, thank you yeah, so much for, you know, informing everybody and, you know, just being here overall. Well, that was Planned Parenthood. That was Sydney and Dion with us. And don't forget that you are listening to WLP and LP Chicago 105.5 FM Lumpin Radio, broadcasting live from Studio Y in Little Village. And next song is Kiss Me Through the Phone by Soja Boy. Enjoy. Baby, you know that I miss you I wanna get with you tonight But I cannot, baby, girl, and that's the issue Girl, you know I miss you I just wanna kiss you But I can't right now, so baby, kiss me through the phone Kiss me through the phone I'll see you later on Well, that was Kiss Me Through the Phone by Soldier Boy. Pretty good song, pretty good song. Yeah, I haven't heard that song in a long time. It's one of my everyday jams, you know. <laughs> but let's kind of like, you know, give advice to our teens listening, you know. I feel like that's a great way of closing because sadly this is about to end, but it's not over yet. Now, you know, when you're going to have sex, you want to... You want to make sure that the person you're having sex with or you give them consent. Consent means both people are in awe in when it comes to doing anything sexual. Find out how to ask consent on this um, website. And yeah, so I feel like consent is something very important. You have to make sure that not only you agree with what's going to happen, but also your partner, because it has to be very mutual for everything to go smoothly. You know, consent is something very, very important. Yeah, I also feel like also trying to um, understand a little bit of why you're about to do something. Mm-hmm. So if you're, you're thinking about dating someone or thinking about um going a little further with someone just think about like yeah why, why am i gonna do this is is this something i really want to do um and i want i think it's important for the other person to know that these are some things that are concerning you um mm-hmm. so they know that you know the there's a balance that it's not just oh yeah let's go do something it's more like hey i think something's gonna happen but let's really think about this yeah very thing and i feel that leads us to our other piece of advice which is don't feel rushed about having sex feeling nervous is normal and your partner should take your feelings into consideration and you should take your partner's feelings into consideration sex is something that you know 
if especially if it's your first time you feel nervous right because it's like you know sex can people like to you know look at sex as something bad or something you know not good and it's like it's not you know sex is a part of everyday life and it's something that you shouldn't feel you know like you have to hide how you feel about it to your partner you should be very open with your partner about how you feel about having sex you know yeah i totally agree with that and with that being said like also do your research you know like even mm -hmm. if you're being with someone that you trust like still talk to them about you know getting tested maybe going together yeah um, if definitely. that makes it more comfortable i feel like um those things shouldn't be ignored just because you trust someone or because you love someone um like um in Planned Parenthood they talked about you know infections infections can come in many ways so mm -hmm. it's always important to like feel comfortable about that topic with your partner which leads us to our other piece of advice which is please encourage your partner and for you to take an std test just to be sure and feel more safe about you know you better safe than sorry you know if they feel uncomfortable about doing it or they you know get outraged by doing it then that's someone you shouldn't be having you know sex with because someone that actually wants to have sex with you for a good reason wouldn't mind getting tested you know it's better safe than sorry yeah most definitely i agree with that And lastly, if you're having sex, please use protection such as condoms to prevent any sexual transmitted infections or the other ways of protection Planned Parenthood just shared with us. Because I think protection is something that should really you should really keep in mind unless you, you know, want to have a kid with someone. Then, yeah, you know, it's all on your preference. <laughs> Yeah, I totally agree with that. And also some last words for the parents as well that are listening. If um if you guys are not really comfortable talking to your teens about sex, I, I feel like an alternative is finding another adult who who mm -hmm. is like professionally okay for that. So like a pediatrician or an adolescent specialist. So like just seek for help, you know, like don't feel like the pressure's all on you as a parent either. You know, there's resources for yourself and also as a parent Um, do your research, you know, so you can communicate it better to the teens around you. Definitely, definitely. So, let's recap on what we talked about today. So, we talked about crushes and what makes a crush a crush. And if you have a crush on someone, I hope he likes you back or she likes you back, you know. Because you deserve happiness. <laughs> and we also talked about dating and how parents, you know, act about dating, how they react to it, how they, what they think about kids dating, about what we think dating is, you know. We're young, you know. We gotta live a little. <laughs> and then we also had an amazing interview with Plant Parenthood and they shared so many amazing advice and information that I hope you you know leave something today with something you know you learn something new and you think maybe you think differently about certain things maybe you know you don't you know just as long as you you know took something from this amazing show then that's all that matters really so this has been the the eggplants and peaches show i'm camila and i am nine and this has been awesome <laughs> <laughs> And don't forget, you are listening to WLPN LP Chicago 105.5 FM Lumpen Radio, broadcasting live from Studio Y, Yolo Kali, and Little Village. Yeah, bye guys. Bye.
So stay tuned to our next amazing, outstanding, terrific, wonderful, inspiring, delightful, funny, breathtaking, astonishing, highly amazing broadcast. I hope that you are informed about the awesome parts of life and that you will have a splendid day. Don't forget to listen to us on SoundCloud at Yolokali, on social media like Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or Tumblr at Yolokali, or visit at YolokaliArtsReach.org for more. We are the robots. We are the robots.